0: What's going on, sons and daughters? Grayson Wimbish here. Timestamp is Monday, June twenty seventh, three thirty one PM PST. And I am one of the many sons and daughters of Saturday here with a little pre roll action for you before we get into it with Jordan Long and Chris Ellis. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Sons of Saturday podcast, we appreciate you. Welcome. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. Got a little one-two punch action for you. Jordan Long, for those of you who don't know, was just promoted to the Assistant Director of Creative Media for the Virginia Tech football team and media production part- department. Jordan uh, is infuriatingly talented with a camera and is a large piece of of what goes on in creating all the media content, all the videos you see of the, of the football team, basketball team, so he jumped on the show to talk about that. We're very excited for him and his promotion. And then on the back nine of this episode, we have a Virginia Tech legend, defensive end, Chris Ellis, played from 2004 to 2007, two-time ACC champion who is now defensive end coach at the University of Richmond, had a great 30-minute conversation with Chris. Uh, really excited about this episode, y'all. Sit back, and relax, and enjoy it. Two staples, to Virginia Tech uh icons as it were very very happy to welcome them to the show but before we get into it we do have to remind y'all that we are brought to you by our friends down at the Main Street Pharmacy go down there see our guide Dr. Jeremy Counts his very very friendly staff play you a little Miss Pac-Man buy you a t-shirt with Sons of Saturday on the back of it think he's got a few buttons left over, the Champs of Brooklyn Buttons. I know he's got a lot of stickers down there. He'll fill any prescription needs that you may have. Head on down there. You know the drill at Main Street Pharmacy. You are a neighbor, not a number. Without further ado, first up, Jordan Long, then Chris Ellis. Let's get right into it. What's going on, sons and daughters? Back with another one for y'all today. A very, very special guest on the podcast. Chris Ellis joins the show. Chris, I got your your bio from uh, the University of Richmond website. It all checks out from what I understand. But uh, for those of you listening to this episode who might not know who Chris is, he was a standout defensive end at Virginia Tech from 2004 to 2007, where he was all the Atlantic Coast Conference he played in four bowls during his time in Blacksburg, including the Sugar Bowl in 2005 and the 2008 Orange Bowl. He was then drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the third round of the 2008 NFL draft, where he played for three seasons, and then he spent two years with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. His pro career concluded in the 2012 season, playing for the Saskatchewan Roughriders of the CFL. And following his playing career, Ellis began his coaching career by spending a season at Frostburg State University as a coaching intern. Where is Chris? Where? First off, welcome to the podcast. And you got to tell me, where is Frostburg State University?
1: It's actually a lot closer to Virginia than you think. It's in the last, in the corner of Maryland, the western corner. So when I was in Frostburg, I was 10 minutes from West Virginia and 20 minutes from Pennsylvania. It's where All the right. Redskins used to do their uh, training camp way back in the day.
0: Okay. Yeah, All right. Sunday.
1: Great place to start out out there. I got a season in, got my feet wet, and got the bug. So it's been awesome there.
0: Sounds good, man. That's awesome. Uh, Shout out to Frostburg State. For sure. Um, And then, obviously, you graduated from Virginia Tech in 2007 with a degree in apparel, housing, and business management. And you're a two-time ACC champion, for those who might not know that either. Um, So let's let's jump in, man. Uh, I always love to do this. Anytime we have a a former Virginia Tech player on, uh, we take it back to the beginning. You know, you came out of Bethel High School in Hampton, Virginia. What was your recruitment like? Why did you choose Virginia Tech?
1: Man, it's a lot different than the recruitment today, that's for sure. There sure. was no NIL deal. All right. <laughs> we were all looking for it, but uh, recruitment was good. I was recruited by Jim Cavanaugh, so everybody knows or just the state of Virginia knows Jim. Jim's been around for a long time. Coach Cav did a great job of uh, resourcing the area, specifically the 757 area and uh, extracted a lot of talent out of there. I came in with some really good guys, and, you know, his big sell and Coach Beamer's sell at the time was, you know, we're going to win a national championship with Virginia players, and that was owning the state of Virginia recruiting-wise, but also tapping into the ears of, um, as Tech's taking their, uh, their, their trajectory is taking off and on their incline, specifically on defense. You know, that's what I played, so as a business decision and, and, and a dream to play in the NFL, it made sense for me, you know, out of all the recruiting I was getting, and a lot of attention I was getting those guys did a great job of tapping into um, executing my dream, offering what I wanted as well. Great education, but also an opportunity to play, you know, with a great defense and also opportunity to move on, which they've done a great job specifically at the end, history says. so.
0: Absolutely. You know, you actually answered uh, my, my next question I was going to ask, who was your primary recruiter? And uh, the fact that it was Coach Cav, you know, that's awesome. I always always hear stories about him. Uh, (laughs) The way it's been described to me is that he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, like it's just everyone says, I mean, that man is quite the salesman.
1: He did a great job. Yeah, he's um he tapped in, obviously, with the parents, letting them know that they were in good hands. But I think his biggest sell, specifically for me, was being a straight shooter. You know, the um, recruiting process can get overwhelming, especially as it gets in the thick of things. At the time, we only had one signing day, which was in February. So going into your senior year, a lot of follow-ups, a lot of attention. But, you know, after your fifth uh, official visit, you know, for me, I've you know, you kind of had enough. And with him being a straight shooter, always let me know Where they were in the process, they were willing to wait for my decision and let me know that I was their number one DN on the board. And So with that being the case, that full transparency is something I could relate to and appreciate.
0: So as a freshman, you played on the first ever ACC Virginia Tech football team, and you ended up winning an ACC title in that that first season with a Sugar Bowl berth. How did that season help set the tone for what would become a very, very successful playing career at Virginia Tech?
1: Man, coming out of the Big East, that was a big thing. Big East was, like, super mad that they were taking Miami, taking Virginia Tech, you know, taking – so a lot of steam leaving the Big East. That's before everybody was conference switching and everything. And and, um, with that being the case, us entering the ACC the first year and then making that type of splash with a lot of veteran leadership, you know, Jim Davis, um, Kevin Lewis, those guys, uh, Jonathan Lewis being up front, you know, they kind of led the way. Brian Randall at helm, he had a great year that year that obviously took us – Took us on the offensive side and was able to score a lot of points. But man, coming in and making that splash, it allowed us to, you know, etch our name in the ACC early, not have to work our way into it or earn our respect. We did it from day one. And then I think specifically from my time there, it kind of spoke for itself in the ACC.
0: So we just had your former teammate, Macho Harris, on the show.
1: You were we, able to get him? <laughs> yeah, we
0: were we were able to get him. It was had a to go long, all the way to Canada. No, <laughs> yep, that's right. All the way to Saskatchewan. That's it was a long a little, time coming, but, you know, we, um, we look. Love talking to him, but we we talked to him about the tenacity and the relentlessness yeah. of those 05 and those 06 number one ranked defenses. Absolutely. What does what does Coach Bud Foster mean to Chris Ellis, and what was it like to play on the best defense Virginia Tech ever fielded?
1: Man, I get, I'll reverse uh, those in order. So to play on there was just a sense of ownership, accountability, and that's what one thing Bud Foster did a great job of. of. He would give you the confidence. He put the battery pack in your back, of sorts, but you had to be accountable for what that looked like. If I'm going to give you the confidence, it can't be with the lack of production. Those two things don't weigh out in his mind. So with his intensity, and I know you can do it, I'm also going to ask you to do it. And he, A lot of times he would come through the headphones and on the sidelines and let guys know specifically in this quarter, in this drive, in this down, this is what I need from you or you, or you, and the way he was able to galvanize guys, whether it was the secondary, whether it was the linebacker group, which we had a great linebacker group with Vincent and Xavier, and then up front, this is where it starts up front, the way he was able to tap into each level of the defense and demand certain things out of them that he gave them the confidence for from weeks and recruiting and building and years. The way he was able to tap into that on game day was uh, unlike any, you know, that I've played with, you know, from pro level all the way down. So his, you never had to worry he had a great job of having guys that were self-motivated, but at the day that they weren't, he always had that. You know, he, he always would get the guys ready from the last guy to the first guy. You know, you weren't going to be asleep on the job, but that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of Hokies who have been around a long time, I mean, just you, you look at the film of, of those defenses, and, I mean, just you guys swarmed. I mean, it, different. it looks it's different. different. Any anywhere that the ball moved, you guys were right there. It was absolutely insane. Um, but in 2007, you're a senior at this point. You finish your career at Tech the way you started by winning an ACC title in a vengeance game against Matt Ryan in Boston College. What was the morale of the team after the game that is widely regarded as the biggest heartbreaker in Virginia Tech football history?
1: Yeah, that was a tough one, man. It definitely should have been, um, should have came out a- another way, we thought. But uh, that revenge game obviously meant the most to us. You know, if we have that first game, we're probably not even in the Orange We're winning a different bowl. So, the national, to be exact. Right. So, just having that on our hearts, understanding that that was our goal from the beginning of the year. We dropped the ball there, you know, carrying that attitude into that last game. There was no way we were going to lose it. You know, that's. We were willing to leave it all out there, and and I think we did so. And so to leave in that fashion to play with those guys in that form and to redeem ourselves for our ACC was, you know, something we can hang our hats on. Specifically, we still do to this day, specifically on defense. So that was great.
0: So what helped you guys kind of bounce back? Uh, you know, like obviously you, you, you have that, you know, morale – depletion with that loss. And then it's Macho always said, or uh, yeah, it was him minor setback for a major comeback and they made the t-shirts and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what, what was it like? What did coach Beamer tell y'all after that game?
1: The guys it's on y'all you, know, you it's senior class and Macho wasn't our senior class, but his play was leveled with our class. So he got lumped in together, but it's on y'all to make this thing, right. You know, we had a heartbreak. We shouldn't be here, but we are here. So, you know, you guys write, what this looks like you know the, the plays are the plays we understand the playbook both sides of the ball we have we're a very talented team on that we have a deep wide receiver core tyrod's getting playing time now and helping us out tremendously at quarterback backfield strong with Brandon Orr and the defense speaks for itself so there's no recipe here that should come out with anything but a win and you know we took that with pride you know and every day in practice the lifts you know I, I will say the biggest thing that I thought we did and coach gentry did a great job of this is having us compete even in the weight room. We were competing not just with yourself but with your position, guys who you thought you were better than. There's always a competition going, on. and I, you know, specifically remember like the sumo wrestling with the belts in the sand. And <laughs> you had to, you know, you had to line up with a guy equivalent to you to overcome something in adversity, and that, that showed up in a lot of our games. Specifically, senior senior year when we were kind of rolling on guys, absolutely really high,
0: absolutely. Um, so there's. There's a story that surrounds you, and I need you to set the record straight because I I don't know if it's true. Is it true that you came up with the nickname Taco for Cadero Thompson?
1: It might have been because he came in the way he left, so he didn't grow into that. Okay. It might have been true because we uh, Taco, I think, came in like two years after me, maybe three years after me. Yeah. yeah, We had a a good time. Uh, Our big thing was, uh, and I have to give Justin Hamilton credit uh, for this. Okay. We used to do um, lookalikes every Wednesday. And so everybody would print out a sheet of our opposing team and the players on their team and who we thought they looked like. So we would always match up uh, pitchers, but we would also do it on ourselves and our own, uh, like a lot of the freshman guys that come in. So Taco was one of those guys that we, <laughs> he was the only guy that got a pitcher and then it wasn't another person, it was actual Taco. So,
0: <laughs> Well, I guess the story i always heard is like, uh, he introduced himself to you or something and you were like, Cartero Thompson. That sounds like something you get at Taco Bell or something. That's like, that's that's a what made closer it to a
1: quesadilla for sure.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. No, uh, no doubt about
1: it. <laughs>
0: shout out to Katera, to Katera Thompson, great hey, football for player. Sure. I
1: think he's still around the burg Actually, I think he still stays out that way. So
0: uh, okay, awesome. Yeah. So you leave Virginia Tech, you get drafted, uh, you play in the NFL for several years, Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and then you go to the CFL, and you retire from the game in 2013, and you've been coaching ever since. What's that coaching path been like for you?
1: Uh, It's been rejuvenating, man. It's The way football works, specifically the NFL, is more often than not, you get asked to leave versus leave on your own, right? And so to be able to transition into coaching like that and tap into, you know, other young men's dreams and and kind of see likenesses in themselves as far as what they want to be and what they see themselves as and what they aspire to. You know, it was rejuvenating for me that um, not, to not sour my experience, you know. I, I was able to have a dream, lived out my dream, do it at a high level, and then quickly transition into assist somebody else with theirs. And so for a lot of guys, it can get sour, especially when they ask you to leave versus you actually leaving. But uh, that didn't happen with me. It was able to um, start tapping into other guys who had a, a very similar dream and, and and was looking for resources to, to achieve that. And so I've been doing that ever since, man. I would love to have undefeated seasons, but I'd rather have guys that are one step closer to what they always imagined they could be.
0: That's incredible. Love that. Uh, and with that being said, you're you're currently coaching the position that you once played, defensive end at the University of Richmond, uh, roll Spiders. How's that yeah, Roll Spiders. How's that going? You know, how you like an RVA? That's where I grew up. So, really? okay. yeah, I know Richmond really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm loving the city of Richmond, man. It's eclectic. I've I'm, I'm been familiar. I have family there as well. But to be tapped in there day in and day out is a little different, obviously, than passing through. But uh, loving the staff. I've worked with, the, you know, some of the guys on the staff. Uh, once in October, I was playing against or excuse me, coaching against in uh, the CFL. So he's down and joining the staff. Uh, Billy Kosh actually worked with his dad. Um, he's at HU now, so we'll be playing against each other. But his dad actually recruited me in Maryland um, uh, some years ago. So I'm uh, working with his son now. At, and <laughs> they, they'll actually go offense and defense coordinator against each other. And then uh, Justin Wood, the defensive coordinator, was actually my linebacker in high school in uh, at Bethel. So oh, no way. Yeah, there's a lot of familiarity there. He's coming a lot of VMI staff. He's coming down from VMI. He's been there for six years now, defensive coordinator for, I believe, four and so I've worked with him also at Christopher Newport when I was just getting started after uh, Frostburg State. So it was good to get back with like-minded individuals. I know what he wants defensively, and I think that was a big part of him bringing me in um, just to kind of add a little bit of what I was at defensive end to, you know, the talent that they have now. So the guys are excited. They come back in, um, in July, and so we get rolling a little bit. So I'm excited, you know, kind of put hands on the grass and see what we can get done.
0: Absolutely. It's crazy to think it's almost that time yeah uh and that's and that's nice for you you know you're you're in richmond you're not too far away from where you grew up and and, wow. and the family and all that stuff but uh
2: yeah.
0: i guess what uh we'll, we'll do this last question and then we'll move into the lightning round real quick but um what what kind of challenges come with being you know a coach in the game of college football
1: man just the, how it's ever changing you know i think it, or it seemed like for a long time coming out in my era where recruiting kind of was what it was you established yourself as a recruiting coach and that takes care of an, air, uh, an area. But now the way the game has taken off, you know, the visibility of the game, the, 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 um, the need to keep up with competition, whether it's your conference, whether it's a neighboring school, whether it's, a, you know, uh, just players in general that you've seen come up through the ranks in your recruiting. Staying tapped into to that is is different than what it was. You know, Coach Cavs just was able to come and show up in school. Now you have to be tapped into these guys on Twitter, see what they're doing weekly, let them know what you're doing weekly. It's not just when they come to campus and visit, as much as you need to let them know what you're going with what their what you're doing on your side as well, so they can envision themselves in that process. So for me, that's the biggest thing is just the the day in and day out of you know what you do and how that how you can get that seen and vice versa for the recruit. What? How can I see how hard you work, or what you're working at, or what you're actually doing? Whether it's classroom, athletics, you know, what you're doing in your community—all that matters, you know, when it comes down to a kid that you want in your program for four years.
0: Absolutely. So it's yeah, knowing their schedule and they kind of got to know yours. So it's just all yeah, over yeah. the place. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then there's like yeah. dead
1: periods with NCAA. Then there's not dead periods, and it's just a—it's a lot of legwork uh, in between, but. You know, when you really do get kids invested in the school and and on to what you're doing as a as a, a staff and a program, and vice versa, you see a kid that is you know trending upwards constantly. Then you know that's a marriage that you can live with for four years
0: and developing you know a young prospect. Incredible, uh, yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll move into the lightning round. Love that. Uh, so the lightning round, Chris. It's just like quick questions with quick answers. You know, kind yeah. of the first thing that pops into your head. We'll start with an old classic favorite Blacksburg bar.
1: Flavor, ooh, it's tapping into it. What did it used to be before Sharkies?
0: Uh, before uh, if you I don't remember even know.
1: that. You're pulling one, yeah. Before Sharkies was probably my first two years, but we'll go with Sharkies for the new for the new uh, generation. For the but new whatever one. it was before Sharky's, I can't even remember. But I had it for two years before they changed it to Sharkies. But before Big L's, Tots and all of that, yeah, it was right there yeah. on the corner of Main Street.
0: R.I.P. to whatever that bar was and R.I.P. to Big Al's. It's, Absolutely.
1: You know, Big Al's is going. I just found that out when I went back. So, yeah, Big yeah. Al's is
0: gone. I, I was lucky cool. enough to have that as part of my collegiate experience. No, no doubt about it.
1: You make that trip upstairs. You, oh, you yeah.
0: Up. <laughs> and sometimes it could be a rough trip downstairs, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, favorite Lane Stadium memory, just like a mm. moment sticks He's out. Great.
1: Favorite Lane Stadium memory. We had some good ones in Lane Stadium, man, specifically on on defense. You know, I, I remember, especially getting playing time early, it being so loud in Lane Stadium that it was deafening, but you could feel, like, sound vibrating. Like, it was that high to where you could feel the sound, but you couldn't actually hear it. And so I'm trying to get the call from Vince. And Vince is, like, four feet away from me, and I can't hear him, so he just has to signal everything the way we would get it from the sideline. Wow, so that, would, that would be the uh, Clemson Thursday night junior year when we beat them there, two
0: thousand
2: six,
1: deafening there, and got loud for the rain game in Boston College as well, you know. But that that two thousand six, they were supposed to be, you know, the big stuff in the ACC. They had two good backs, you know, but to shut them out the way, you know, to, um, to shut them out and handle them the way we did defensively. I just remember at the peak of that game, you know, I couldn't even get the call from vince he had to signal it to me because the sound was vibrating in there so that was probably my favorite moment because we had to be at the peak of our communication as a defense you know and, and sure and if we were obviously but you know, that was uh that was big because there's no way to really prepare for that they can play the crowd noise in practice and they can you know try to simulate it but when you literally can't hear somebody from four feet you have to tap into you know your chemistry as a defense which we did but that was the craziest moment i know they've tested. Uh, Lane Stadium, as far as sound, and it's like um, simulated maybe uh, small earthquakes, but that would probably have to be somewhere up there with that.
0: Great game! Shout out to Brandon Orr. He went off Absolutely. that night. Absolutely, did his thing. That, yeah, best did his thing. thing. Best away atmosphere.
1: Ooh, best away atmosphere, man. I like, I like it being, I like tension. So West, West Virginia, man, we got a chance mm. to go out there. I don't care what their record was. They played us like they were either, you know, 0-1 or 12-0. and It didn't matter. Yeah. And so That atmosphere driving into that stadium and you got kids giving you the middle finger and they're burning couches and throwing batteries and you got to come out of there somehow with a win. You know, I, I don't mind that tension. I, that, <laughs> that, spoke, that spoke to my nature, but West Virginia was a, a, a it was similar to Blacksburg because it was all, they were all in. You didn't see much maroon besides what we brought. Right, but, uh, You know, but to leave out of there with the wind, that type of contentious atmosphere was right on my alley. So, West Virginia for sure.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because I think about it and it's like you were talking about the Thursday night game. We got them on Thursday night this year. Yep. And
1: oh, yeah, I saw they're adding them again. So, yep. that's good. So
0: beat. we <laughs> lost to them this past season, lost the Black Diamond trophy. Got to get it yep. back on Thursday Absolutely. night this year. Absolutely. Um, sons of Spotify, what kind of music do you listen to?
1: Oh, man, I'm an old head, And Guys used to get mad at me when we were in the dorms. Like, my whole class redshirted. So, while the team was away, my whole freshman class, we were in the dorms. And I'm sitting here playing stuff from the 70s and 80s. So, <laughs> I still play it to this day. So, I'm probably more late 70s to New Jack Swing era. That's probably what you got from me. But I'm still okay. an old guy, man. I, I, I still play all the old jazz. Uh, the final collector now. So I'm still a. Oh, yeah. All right. They didn't, they didn't use me to get hype before games.
0: Who's, who's like, like name, I guess name an artist. Like, who's your kind of go to artist?
1: Man, go to artist would be like Roy Ayers, man. Okay. <laughs> Cock, full Herbie. composers that can give you like a full, full sound. That's stuff that we still sample today. So sure. I can, I can appreciate like them having a, it's almost, and I, make the equivalence a little, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but the way they're able to um, compose a whole song is the way to me, Bub was able to compose a whole defense, you know, between your D line your linebackers, he was able to put that together in the most effective way, in the most vicious way possible, which you can translate that into the music and the sound. So yeah, I'm a, I'm an oldest guy.
0: <laughs> I like that analogy. That That's very, very fitting. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. thought we
1: were full defense and I like full sound. Right. So guys that can play every, put every instrument into a song and, and it sound complete, you know, vibes with me.
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh what was a song that was popular when you were at Virginia Tech?
1: <laughs> uh man, it, well, this might be a Little scrappy get on my level. This is probably five. Is that what Young Jeezy? No, a Little scrappy so this is uh right before Young Jeezy took off. Okay. But uh Get on my level is coming out of Atlanta. And we had Marcus Vick. Mike was down in Atlanta, so there was a lot yeah. of back and forth with just the, the music, the culture, and everything coming up to Blacksburg. Right. You know, we would have off weekends and shoot down to Atlanta. But uh, "Get On My Level" was the hype song, man. You would hear that in the dorm room, Carlton. Shout out to Carlton Powell. He used to always boombox, man. He would have the boombox wherever we went, so he's playing. <laughs> he got plenty of noise violations in Cocker Hall. Oh, he's playing that thing at full tilt. But yeah, we that was the get hype song. Everybody, or I'll say, a good chunk of people had that in their headphones at one time before the game.
0: Carlton Powell, another defensive uh, defensive Absolutely. legend at Virginia Tech. Absolutely. Logging up the middle. Yep. Um, best Coach Foster wisdom.
1: Ooh. Now you're digging really in your bag. Let's see. Because he had some good ones in there. He made us sign the lunch pail. We've been grabbing grass everywhere we went. Best Coach Foster wisdom. Man, he – the thing that stuck out to me early – especially trying to find your way as a young guy on the team, you're playing behind guys, Jim Davis, coming behind Daryl Tapp, Nolan Bichette, like you're trying to find time on the field. And his big thing early was like, get it done or somebody else will. So you got to find your space between that, you know, find a yeah. way to get it done. We're gonna have, we are have, you have all the resources we have gentry, we have film, we have it. But if you need to do more to achieve what you want, you need to do more to achieve what you want. But if you don't do it, Somebody else will, which is just a little caveat to. I recruit every year, so yeah. if I missed with you recruiting, somebody else will be here next year. So get it done, so I don't have to. And that right. kind of resonated with me, and that and uh, that fact, especially like I said, he he instills confidence in you as well. So the caveat to that confidence is get it done, or somebody else will. So that that's something I kind of use with my players once they're comfortable and I feel like they have a good foundation, and you can kind of tap into you know their motivation a little bit.
0: Favorite 0-6 game on the number one ranked defense.
1: '06. Mm. Oh, Let's see. Favorite. I seen. Yeah, went down there. It would probably be Miami because that was the last year they had the Orange Bowl, I believe. I think. They, okay. Think they tore down that year. Now we took care of that game pretty well. They're not the Miami of old, but just to be in that legendary stadium, you know, growing up watching all those games for the state and everybody being down there, I believe that's the last year they tore it down. And so we got the last win in that stadium because they had to go on the road the following week. So I wow. believe we got, if I'm, if I'm not correct, we got the last win in that stadium and they demolished it like maybe a month later. Wow. I, think, so yeah. I didn't even know that. That's yeah, crazy. Double, you might have to double check me on that, but I believe oh six six year we went down there and beat them up pretty good. I, um, Carlton Powell got the tip. Xavier DB got the pick. That kind of sealed the deal for us but yep. with that being miami just being in um the procedure school and um and, excuse me the program that they are you know to get them like that get them at home and then that be the end of that orange ball they knew it you know was good for a guy to <laughs> college football right since young so
0: absolutely absolutely uh funniest got this is the last uh Last lightning round before we have we have one letter from the lunch pail, but funniest really? guys on the team when you were at Virginia Tech?
1: Funniest guys, man. Jonathan Lewis. Jonathan Lewis. <laughs> if you don't believe me, go find him right now. He's equally as funny. Put his brother next to him, Kevin Lewis. <laughs> add, his dad, add his dad into it, and they're the same person. They're three of the same person. <laughs> That's same awesome. people, But Jonathan Lewis, uh, Jason Lawless. You know, now I'm telling him a little bit. Jason Lawless was uh, – a guy that always kept it light. I probably can't share some of the stories on here now, you know, but he would do stuff like when we're running one tens because he was so smart, he would be able to subtract how many yards we had left. So we'd be somewhere in the middle. And he'd be like, yeah, we only have 792 yards left, but when you're tired, that starts to weigh on you mentally. So he would just do mental game, mental gymnastics and stuff like that. But um, definitely him who else we have that really kept it light in there. And then probably on the other side, yeah, those two for sure. And it was probably the, the comedians of the group. Honestly, they they held it down for both sides, really.
2: <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Shout <laughs> out to Jonathan Lewis. No doubt about it. Heck yeah. I got to catch up with him right there in Verina. So I got to pop up on him one day.
0: Great football player. Absolutely. All right. So letters from the lunch pail. These are uh, these are questions that people on Twitter will send in every now and again. We'll get them on our Instagram. Yep. The only the only one today that I see, I'll check one more time uh, real quick. Just so I'm make sure I don't miss any. No, I think that's it. Just one. It actually comes from my little brother, Hampton. Uh, yep. Hampton yeah. Hampton grew up watching you as well. His question is, were you legitimately surprised there was no horse collar call against Jameel Sewell from your last game against UVA in 2007?
1: That's a fair question, man, especially since it's put up there as a horse collar, which at the time there was no rule for horse collar. So it was funny, like it was shortly after, I want to say maybe the year or two after that they actually made it a penalty because of Terrell Davis's uh, injury uh, with the Eagles. Right. uh, Broke his ankle. But no, I wasn't surprised. That's, you know, that was football as I knew. And growing up, you know, however I get you down, you know, I get you down. So we don't have to form a way to tackle you, you know, not when you're in between the lines. So he didn't seem to appreciate it too well, but that, you know, that was all right with me. He's a quarterback. They never do. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. what well, I, I I'll never forget the shot on on TV. He's walking, he's like <laughs> chir- chirping at you a little bit. And you're just standing there clapping like. Yeah, okay, yeah.
1: good sport, right? But it's really if you look at it again, it's Vince Hall who's like really getting in his ear. So you see him kind of like really getting at him. And yeah. so I'm a like, good cop, <laughs> bad cop. Like you know, you can't get mad at me, but Vince is in his ear. And then you know, after the game, he had a few choice we had a few choice words, but. It didn't escalate at all. So, yeah, you know, I can imagine he felt a little type of way about it, but it didn't. I don't think that affected the win-loss, so we're good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Something's never changed with the no, no Virginia, Virginia Tech-UVA rivalry. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, you know, this we'll, we'll do this Sharky shout-outs. Yeah. Is, uh, this is your time, man. Uh, where can we follow you on social media? How can, uh, how can we keep up with Chris Ellis?
1: Oh man, if you're looking to check me out and see what I'm doing now and kind of how I'm developing the kids, it's C underscore Ellis 85 and it's going to be, you know, the, the Richmond on Twitter, it's going to be University of Richmond and man, I'm excited, you know, to put my splashes on this team this first year, but you know, it's really just hitting the ground and kind of replacing, you know, doing for the next generation what was done for me, you know, with those guys, JC Price and Cornell Brown, like all those guys came back and tapped in with me and kind of. Uh, excelled my game you know from just knowing the playbook to this is how you play d-line and obviously i want to do that you know with my d-line as well and keep passing up a time so check me out on twitter man and, and you'll be able to check us out caa is a great conference so i got a lot of battles in the C- CAA. i coached at new hampshire so i got those guys uh, I coached um with the hu defensive coordinator chris cars delaware you know we got a few guys that we got to run into. William and Mary, Coach London recruited me heavy. So, we got some guys we got to run into. So, if you're looking for some exciting football, check out the University of Richmond
2: this year.
0: Roll Spides, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much, man. Roll Spides, go Hokies. Glad to see that uh that you're doing so well man and uh or I guess I mean you're not going to get back for any games obviously this this No, month.
1: not if it all works out we should be playing uh in December that's definitely the plan but it was good to come back uh, this past spring and see a lot of guys that I know with coach Pryor. you know I met him spoke with him briefly and you know, he's got a lot of good energy around there right now and I know a lot of the former guys really appreciate that it's been a little gap but you know, if everybody can just pour back into the program, you know, we're looking for some great things from Virginia Tech as well. So anytime that we can get back or give back, whether it's, whether it's with podcasts or being around those players, I know we definitely – we have small groups of chats, you know, from my class and stuff that we look forward to doing that as well. So,
0: Absolutely. Well, can't wait to see you back maybe next year at the Spring Jam. It was great to meet you then. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Go Hokies.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it.
0: <laughs> Chris, that was awesome, man. That was no. that was incredible. We'll uh we'll drop this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, okay. and uh, we'll get you the link for it. It's funny. While I was on Instagram earlier, and Josh Morgan was commenting on it. It was like, oh, I'm definitely tapping in. Uh, like, send, <laughs> like send me the link, and I said, yeah. Yeah, Josh is
1: my guy. He actually just reached out uh like a a week ago. He's doing a big thing in D.C. right now, like a charity event. But man, he's always tapped into the youth. Him and Rock Carmichael, so they're part yep. of our recruiting area. So it's, we're all just looped in and kind of giving back to each other. But, you know, definitely uh, Josh, for sure. I, I haven't caught up with him. I missed him on Saturday. I know he came to the spring game, but yeah, I'm definitely going to link up next year. So anything you need podcast-wise or, you know, info, if we can afford to get into deeper stories, I'm sure I can share a little more about <laughs> those golden <laughs> years.
0: Yeah, no, no, we can We can talk off the books, you know. We can yeah, talk yeah, off, sure. off the air. But, uh, yeah. again, I appreciate this, man. We really, really do. No, um, no about it. Enjoy the rest of your week, man. Yeah,
1: same, same.
0: What's going on, sons and daughters? Uh, back with another one for y'all today. I have a very, very special guest for y'all. Jordan Long joins the podcast. Uh, going to do a quick little introductory uh, spiel on Jordan. Y'all know how it goes. My name is Grayson Wimbish. I'm reporting live from sunny, beautiful Los Angeles, California. Before we do get into this, I should say. And uh, this is the Sons of Saturday podcast. Uh, Bill and Pat both busy tonight. So I'm running this one solo. But without further ado, more about Jordan Long. Jordan joined Hokey Vision as an undergraduate student, production assistant, and student editor in 2015. Upon earning his Bachelor of Arts in Public Relations and graduating in 2017, he continued at Hokey Vision as a production assistant and editor before being hired as the coordinator of creative video in the fall of 2018. Jordan, I hope that's all correct because it came straight from the Virginia Tech website.
3: Yep, that's correct.
0: Good. We're going to keep going. Uh, you grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where you were surrounded by a hokey family. Uh, you've been attending football games since you were four years old, and it was always Jordan's dream to graduate from Virginia Tech and work in sports. Just recently, Jordan was promoted to Assistant Director of Creative Video for the Virginia Tech Athletic Department. And this past spring, in case y'all didn't see on our Instagram page, Jordan actually executive produced the first annual Spring Jam recap video, which he absolutely crushed. If y'all have not seen that, go check it out on our Instagram at VT. Without further ado, Jordan, welcome to the Suns of Saturday, man. You said this is your first podcast. Glad, uh, Glad it's ours, man.
3: Yeah, this is my first one, so we'll we'll see how this goes,
0: <laughs> dude. It's not it's no big deal, man. It's li- like anything. We're just gonna ask you all some questions. Just gonna ask you some questions and get you out of here. Um, good. So let's get right into it, man. As I mentioned, you grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, to a hokey family. You're in the heart of Duke Dog territory. How did your upbringing mold your passion for sports and producing in Harrisonburg?
3: Yeah. Um, since, since a young age, I was pretty much born into the hokey fandom. Um, uh, my granddad was a 1956 graduate of Virginia tech. And then, you know, a lot of members of my family also attended Virginia tech. So for me, um, you know, ever since I knew what sports were, what college was, anything like that, you know, it was always about Virginia tech for me. So, you know, even coming out of high school, um, I always planned that I wanted to do community college just to save money, but from there, like, the only school that I ever even thought about was Virginia Tech, so that was the only college that I applied to, um, transferring out of Blue Ridge Community College, and, you know, thankfully, I got in, but if I didn't get in, then my plan was to take a couple classes, boost my GPA, try again the next year, so, you know, for me, it was always about Virginia Tech, and that's really all I've ever known. And, you know, I, I've just got to through my family, I've, I've been able to, you know, really experience Virginia tech since I was young. And, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed to be able to now work here. So it's, it's really my dream come true. If you want to call it that.
0: You literally answered my second question. That's hilarious. Uh, I was going to ask you as a fellow legacy Hokie, fun facts, my, my granddad who actually passed away in 2008, also a Virginia Tech graduate of the class of 1956. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we might have to be uh, doing some digging through the through the yearbooks. I, I think I I think my mom still has uh, has his. So we we'll have to check that out. But my, my next question was going to be, you know, did you ever consider any other school when you you're like me, man? You put yeah. all the eggs <laughs> in one basket. I think when you're a legacy hokie, it's it's you know. So did both of your parents go to Virginia Tech?
3: So actually, neither one of my parents went to Virginia Tech. My mom never went to college. And then my dad actually played college soccer at Eastern Mennonite University. Okay. so if it wouldn't have been for soccer, um, he was pretty sure that he would have went to Tech. But, you know, both of my uncles that were my dad's brothers, they both went here. Got a lot of cousins that have went here. So although my parents didn't go, um, you know, a lot of my family has so.
0: Predominantly a hokey family. Okay, you and Big I definitely Hokie have family. that in common. That's that's yep. awesome, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, that's that's incredible. Uh, so you okay? So you you transfer, uh, you get accepted into Virginia Tech, and you start as a student production assistant and a student editor. What were the organizations where you held these positions, and how did you find out about? It?
3: So, when I came to Virginia Tech, I really didn't know what I wanted to do it was more just like, I know I want to go to Virginia Tech, but um, I guess I, I hadn't really thought about it too much. Uh, I ended up being a public relations major, um, you know, in the communications field. So um, our head boss of Hokie Vision, Jed Castro, came to one of my classes, and it was one of my first classes that I had my first semester, which would have been my junior year. And he just was talking about, you know, Hokie Vision and Uh, Some opportunities that they had with ACC Network, which was being started up at that time. Um, So they were just looking for people to help. So, you know, I was like, well, hey, you know, it sounds pretty cool. I get to be around sports and, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about video, but um, I know a lot about sports. So I was like, shoot, I'll give it a try. So I started doing that. uh, I want to say for about a year. And then one of our creative video guys actually had left. So there was a need for some more help in that department. Um, So I kind of stepped up and I'd edited some small things here and there before. Um, So they kind of said, okay, you know what, if you want to help, like we need help. So sure, we'll go for it. Um, But long story short, you know, it led to me getting more of an opportunity in the creative video role. Whereas before, as a student, um, I was doing more of the broadcast type stuff. So I was helping out with ACC Network on, you know, the I was still on a camera, but it was a broadcast camera. And I was I was doing more for the broadcast rather than the creative side of things. So, yeah, long story short, um, I'm here now. You know, it started out kind of weird. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I quickly found out that I had a love for video and creating cool stuff. And, you know, it was just like the cherry on top that it was able to be done here at Virginia Tech, which is where I've always wanted to be at.
0: So you graduate with that degree in public relations, which I think is very fitting when you think about what you've been doing these past three to four years at Virginia Tech. Uh, did you always was it always you wanted to produce video content or did you ever think that your public relations degree would take you in a different direction? Um, at first, when
3: I first got here at Virginia Tech, um, you know, I met with counselors and talked about my majors. Um, I, I went public relations because they had said, like, you know, that's a pretty good field if you want to be involved with the team. So I didn't really know a whole lot about it. I've always been pretty good at writing. So I figured that would be something that, you know, I would pursue. But um, pretty quickly, you know, once I got involved with the video, and there wasn't really like a video major at the time. So, um, it wasn't really something that right away I I knew I was interested in and I didn't really know like that much about it. But, you know, once I got involved with the video, then I quickly realized like, this is probably something that I want to do. So even though my major was public relations, I always had that like in the back of my mind that like, I want to do something with video. So like whenever we'd have class projects and stuff, I was always like the person who's like, I got the video. So it, it worked out pretty good because they kind of go hand in hand. Um, you know, a lot of SIDs are like have public relations background and that I don't, I didn't know if that's kind of what I wanted to do. But I just knew that I wanted to do something with sports and just along the way found a love for video. And I still love it. So uh, it worked out great.
0: So in the fall of 2018, you were hired as coordinator of creative video at Virginia Tech, a position that you have held for the past, I guess, four years, man. That's crazy. Time flies. Yeah. What do your responsibilities entail exactly for the, the common man who may or may not know? Like, what does a day or a week in the life look like in the life of Jordan Long?
3: you talking about currently? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yep. Yeah. So. Uh, right now in the summer, it's a little bit more relaxed since, you know, all of our sports have now ended for the calendar year. Um, but I'll just give you an example, like for basketball, which is my main sport, men's basketball. Um, we usually have a, a weekly meeting with, um, Brian Cox, who's, um, the SID for men's basketball and a couple other people that are involved in content planning. Uh, we'll kind of go over, you know, what, what we're looking at, um, if there's big dates coming up on the calendar or events, uh, different things like that. So we'll kind of meet every week and plan out what we want to do. Um, and then of course, you know, as the week goes along, we just execute the plan. And um, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty straightforward in terms of that. Um, but, you know, what, what I do, I do a lot of shooting. So I, I don't just work with men's basketball. I also work with football and, Um, Wrestling, those are probably the two other sports that I work with the most, but then I help with everything else too. So I did stuff with baseball and softball and the whole nine yards, really. But my main priority uh, and responsibility is men's basketball. And then, um, of course, football and wrestling. But, you know, really just, you know, we meet with those specific squads. We have squads, what we call them for each sport. consists of like an SID and maybe an assistant coach or photographer, just a group of people that have ideas and we share ideas, come up with plans. Um, So a lot of meetings, I would say, uh, you know, if, if it's those three sports that I'm mostly involved in, and there's at least three meetings once a week for those, Um, but, you know, then executing the plan, like I said, so I'll shoot, you know, interviews or I'll go to practice, whatever it might be for that week, or they need a hype video. Then I'll, you know, if I don't have the footage for that, I'll go shoot something. You know, it really just depends, but a lot of shooting, a lot of editing and a lot of meetings.
0: Fair. Uh, and so, okay, so right now, timestamp-wise, it's Tuesday, June 14th. It's 8, 12 p.m. EST. That's Splash Bros trademark video with Darius Maddox and Hunter Couture today. Did you shoot that?
3: I did, yep.
0: Okay, all right, so there <laughs> you go. So for for all y'all seeing that on the Twitter timeline, that's Jordan behind the camera. Yeah, you're doing that.
3: OK, and just just to jump in, they made more shots than that. But that was where I had stopped recording. They probably made four or five more beyond what, what was shown there. Wow. wow, so, yeah, they were on fire.
0: Well, that bodes well, you know, we know those guys can shoot. Uh, but that's very, very exciting, especially going into into next year. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's so yeah. cool that they, you're in on this practices and everything like that. Um, but big news. You know, uh, personally for you, this past week, you were recently uh, promoted to assistant director of creative video. So I guess going forward, how will your role change? What kind of additional responsibilities will you have? Will you have kind of more of, I guess, a creative input, more freedom? How how does your role within Virginia Tech Athletics change now?
3: Yeah, so... I I don't think it will change too much in terms of my day-to-day responsibilities. Um, You know, my boss, Jamal, he's in charge of football, and then I'm in charge of men's basketball, which I have been for the last three years. So um, none of that's going to change. I think one thing that will change is I'll be more involved with football than I had been before. Um, You know, I'm already doing a lot of recruiting shoots, and um, I'm in on all the planning meetings, um, the weekly content meetings, things like that. So I'll say the day-to-day stuff for me won't change too much. Uh, The the thing that will change is, you know, I'll I'll have more of a leadership role with our students, uh, be more of a, try to be more of a mentor to them and help them grow because, you know, we only have right now two full-time staff members in our creative video department. It's just myself and Jamal. So um, a lot of our students that help us are key to what we're doing. And Um, you know, they, they did a great job last year and they've, you know, they've been improving every year, but I think it's going to be important for me to help them to keep improving and, you know, give some of our smaller sports and Olympic sports, um, some of the coverage that they deserve, which they haven't always necessarily had because we haven't had the people to be able to do that. So, um, I think, you know, the biggest thing will be that is just being more of a mentor and being more of a leader, um, But yeah, other than that, I think for the most part, you know, I'm still going to be with men's basketball, still going to be helping with football, still going to be one of the main people for wrestling, uh, overseeing a student. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but from what I've been told, not a whole lot is going to change. It's just me being more of a leader, really. Got it.
0: Okay. And I, it makes me wonder, man, what your, your Google calendar looks like. I mean, <laughs> you you have your hands in a lot of different types of clay. I'm sure yeah. you're all over Blacksburg, man. Yeah. Uh and, and it's only it's only gonna get busier as you know, as we go into football season and basketball season picks back up. So you're gonna be a busy man. Um okay, so here's a here's a quick question. This is kind of off the, the beaten path here. Are you on the shoots? for the football recruits where they're in front of the private jet.
3: Yep. So last weekend um, they, they like to have myself and Jamal at at the recruiting shoots with football, but he was actually on vacation last weekend. So um, I was there, but yeah, we did, we did some shoots in front front of the mural there outside of Lane stadium. And then uh, the ones in front of the private jets, which turned out pretty cool. So yeah, I was, I was involved with both of those.
0: Was that whose idea was that?
3: I'm not sure. I want to say Jalen Boleyn had big input in it. Um, So I I want to say it was her idea, but don't quote me on it.
0: Okay. All right. Well, if it was Jalen Boleyn's idea, Jalen, you're doing the Lord's work because that's been a, that's been a huge hit on the timeline. I I, I love that. I think it's, you know, and this, this is me looking at it as a fan, Right. I, I think it's, you know, you got Oklahoma and the and the Blue Bloods out here taking pictures in front of Lambos. It's like, all right, bet that. We'll take a yep. picture in front of our private jets. So, right there you go. You got you to gotta play the game. Um, yes, but sir. Uh, seeing those pictures, I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah,
3: they turned out really good. Absolutely.
0: Um, moving right along, looking back on your time at Virginia Tech – you know, what are some of your favorite moments that you personally captured or been involved in shooting and or editing? Uh, and is there one, like, in particular that stands out above the rest?
3: Yeah, I'll say right off the bat, uh, two come to mind. And um, the first one was being Mekhi Lewis winning the national championship. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to be there to capture that. And then, of course, this year our men's basketball team won in the ACC tournament. So to me, those stick out as, you know, the top memories for me and just, you know, it's history for Virginia Tech, you know, our first ever national champion in wrestling, our first ever ACC tournament championship. And, you know, just for me being a huge fan since, you know, I was born, um, you know, just being able to be there and record those moments and, you know, be right with the but right with Mackay or right with the guys on the basketball team, it was just awesome. So those, those are the two that stick out to me the most. And I'm just, I'm just blessed that I was able to be there.
0: So you've told me before that you know Blacksburg is always where you wanted to be. What is kind of your what's the long term goal for Jordan Long? Do you see yourself staying in Blacksburg for for a long time, or you know, what's kind of the what's the five year plan?
3: Yeah. I would say, you know, right now, like this is my dream job. Like I, I don't know of any other job opportunity that would come along that would excite me as like this one does. So, you know, in five years, if, you know, if my boss Jamal has moved on or whatnot, you know, I would love to be the director. If he's still here, I'd love to be, you know, the assistant director. So, you know, I think, you know, like I said, I feel really passionately about Virginia Tech, about, you know, making Virginia Tech better, helping the fans get an inside look of how things are going. And, you know, to me, like this is where I want to be at. So I don't have any plans of going anywhere else.
0: That's awesome, man. I love that. This is home. That's what they say. Exactly. Last question before we get into rapid fire. Uh I gotta know, have you had the chance to work alongside head football coach Brent Pry at all? And if so, what is he like to be around? And kind of what is the general energy that's currently surrounds the football program?
3: Yeah, so I haven't worked with him a whole lot, but you know, I pass him in the hallway all the time and you know, I practice. I'll talk to him a little bit. But you know, the general, you know, the vibe is just great. He's you know, super personable, always you know, waving to me or say, what's up in the hallway. Uh, funny story. We were messing around with a drone the other day um, outside on the practice field. And um, he, he was looking out of his office, I guess, and seeing what we were doing. He like knocks on the window and like puts his hands up, like, what are you doing? And uh, he was like laughing at us and waving to us. So we thought that was pretty <laughs> funny how we're just out there messing around. And he was giving us a hard time just joking around with us, but he just, Yeah. He's just super down to earth is really the best way to put it. He's just, he's got like an energy about him, but you know, he, he's, he's an approachable guy where, but he's also, you know, he's, he's here to win. You can tell like, you know, we want to work hard, but at the same time we're going to have fun and, you know, we're going to, we're going to be Virginia tech. We're not going to be anybody else. You know, we are what we are. And, you know, if you don't like Virginia tech, then that's not for you, but. Um, for the guys who do want to be here, you know, I think he's he's a great leader for our team, and I'm you know I'm really excited to see, you know, I've I've been in the practices and you know lifting and stuff, and the energy's there, so I'm just excited to see what happens this season.
0: I think everybody is, man, you know, obviously with a new coach, you just don't know what to expect. Obviously, you you have to kind of curtail your expectations, and yep. it's 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 a blank slate, but uh pat billy ray and i have, have said it uh plenty of other members of the Sun saturday team have said it he's he's doing insane all the right things yeah and there 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 is a a revitalized energy in blacksburg and I, I love to hear that from you you know you're you're in the same you're in the merriman athletic center every day uh like he is so and
3: i will say too he's a, he's gen, like you can tell he's genuinely interested in the things he does like he's not just going out there doing stuff for show. Like he genuinely cares. He genuinely wants to do it. Like a lot of it was his idea, like the snowball fight. um, Like it was his idea to go out there. Nobody told him like, Hey, you should go out. Like he wanted to do that. So like the things that he's doing is it's all him. Like that's what he wants to do. And it's great.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, man. Like, I think people also need to hear that. Uh, I, there, I, I think it's it's easy to say, oh, this is put on, this is a front, you know, this isn't what it seems. And to, to hear that, it's like, all right, he's the one who's like, guys, let's roll. Let's, let's go out to the snowball fight and see what we can come up with or whatever. I, I'm, I love that. I love that as a, as a fan, you love to, you love to hear that man, but, uh, moving right along into rapid fire. Basically, this is how it works, man. They're real. It's 10 quick questions. The first thing that comes to your mind, you know? Okay.
3: Just one word or
0: you can say it doesn't have to be one word. Okay. But it can be like a couple sentences. Uh I'm curious of this because I've only been to Harrisonburg once, but favorite Harrisonburg eatery.
3: That's tough. I'll the, say the hometown it's a mixture for me between Jack Brown's and Billy Jack's.
0: Oh, my gosh. I knew yep. you were going to say that. Yep. So here's here's the story. They're right next door to each other. Billy Jack's gave me food poisoning. Oh, and no. Yeah, I got the sliders there, and I had a rough night. But uh, I've heard Jack Brown's is phenomenal. I did not eat there. So the next time I'm in Harrisonburg, I, I've got to try Jack Brown's. Got to check I, it out. I cannot say I will be returning to Billy Jack's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I got unlucky, but who knows. Uh, favorite dining hall on campus at Virginia Tech?
3: I'll say Turner just because um, that was where majority of my classes were, so I was always around that dining hall dining hall, and ate there the most. So I'll, I'll go with Turner.
0: Shout out Doba and the hibachi. The I hibachi was my go-to. Yeah, man, that was a dangerous game. I ate that like three times a week. <laughs> so, so good, dude uh favorite editing suite
3: editing suite you mean like program yeah yeah. adobe 100 we use all adobe um, premiere pro uh, photoshop after effects all that so that's that's definitely what i'm going to
0: virginia tech is an adobe house that, yes sir there you go that makes sense there you go camera preference sony nikon or canon what are we shooting on
3: we are shooting on sony and we actually have mostly Canon lenses.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The More, you know, yep. I, I actually didn't know that you could use interchange Canon lenses with the Sony camera bodies.
3: Yeah. So you have to buy a little adapter, but um, to me, you know, the way you turn the lens for the focus wheel is opposite on a Sony lens and a Canon lens. So okay. I, I kind of grew up learning the Canon way. So every time I pick a Sony lens up, it always takes me a couple minutes to get used to it. I'm turning it it the wrong way. But um, Canon lenses are also a little bit cheaper than Sony lenses. So in terms of our budget with Virginia Tech, we're able to get more lenses if we go Canon, but definitely Sony when it comes with the bodies.
0: Fair. Favorite Virginia Tech sport memory that does not pertain to your job.
3: Mm, Okay. I think... I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with a specific one where I was in Lane Stadium. I believe it was 2011 when Virginia Tech beat Georgia Tech and David Wilson ran the kickback for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter.
0: (laughs) That's a phenomenal, phenomenal choice. Uh, I'm so jealous you were at that game. That was the Thursday night game. Reese Davis was on that call. That was the last Thursday night game before I was able to go to them. The rule in the Windish household was that you had to be fi- of the driving age ah. so you could ferry the my dad and his fraternity brothers down and they can have a good time, if that gotcha. makes sense.
3: Yep, that, um, that was definitely one of the top personal, you know, me being there experiences that, you know, rings rings a bell and stands out to me.
0: I'm so jealous. My mom wanted to kill me that night. I was, I was waking her up cause I was screaming so loud downstairs on the TV, but uh, that's a great choice. Love that game. Uh, moving right along sons of Spotify. What kind of music are you listening to now that it's summertime? What's the vibe?
3: I'm more of a hip hop and rap kind of guy in general. Um, you know, being an editor, I feel like that's a lot of the kind of music that we use for the upbeat type videos and stuff. So I'd say I'm pretty well rounded in terms of keeping up with hip hop type music. But, uh, in the, in the summer, I'll listen to a little bit of country music here and there, not a whole lot, but, um, definitely my go-to is the hip hop rap R and B type stuff.
0: Any artists in particular? Um,
3: I like future Roddy rich. Um, it's really not really anything too specific. I'm I'm kind of everything. I like the weekend a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, just just general. Um, no, no, no one really specifically. I kind of like everybody. Honestly, there's awesome. not too much I don't like.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? Have you seen it?
3: I have not seen it.
0: You haven't seen it. Okay. Nope. The reason I was going to ask is because there are so many shots in that movie that will just blow your mind. Okay. And had you have seen the movie, I was I was going to pick your brain about them. Go see it. Billy, okay. Ray will, Billy Ray and Pat will both stamp that. Go see that movie from a filmmaker's perspective. It will blow your mind. Yeah. Okay. I've
3: heard a lot about it, but I have not, you know, I don't know much about it personally and I haven't seen it, but yeah, if you guys are saying need to go see it then i guess i need to go see it have you seen the original i have not
0: gotta watch the original first that's number
3: one that's good to know gotta
0: see the first one and then go see the sequel and we'll we'll talk about it
3: okay that's that's definitely good to know
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) your personal favorite movie and why if you could pick Ah, that's
3: that's tough because believe it or not i don't really watch too many movies like my my go-to if i'm you know off of work is like, I'll just turn the TV on and watch a game. Um, I used to really like Disturbia when I was in uh, high school. I don't know if, the, I, if I would say that's my favorite movie, but I like more like documentary type stuff or. Um,
0: Unscripted.
3: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge fantasy guy. I will say I, I have watched all the Harry Potters um, recently and, they were way better than I remembered them when I was a kid, when I watched them. So, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say those are my favorite movies. I really don't know if I have a favorite to be, to be honest. Um, you know, fan of the Sandlot, a lot of these (laughs) Yeah. A lot of these are movies that I really remember when I was younger, but sure. I really need to up my game in terms of movies.
0: (laughs) Hey man, you like what you like. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not hating over here. If you're an unscripted guy, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because that's kind of the, the realm that you're in. So that yep. makes a lot more sense More of the documentary style of, of shooting, um, which leads me into the next uh, rapid fire question is what's the hardest part of your job?
3: I would say the hardest part of my job are definitely the long hours that it takes and. A lot of people don't understand how long it takes to do creative video. Um, you know, like in the ACC tournament, for example. You know, we played. I believe it was the nine or nine thirty slot every single night, r- except for the championship, which I think was an eight eight or an eight thirty. But um, you know, when that game ends, we play the next day. So I have less than twenty four hours before we're tipping off again, which for me means that I needed to label all of my footage and then throw together a recap that I'm proud of that encapsulated what happened in that game. And we would post that the morning before the next game, because, you know, at a certain point it's like, all right, we're going to start focusing on the next game. So there was a lot of nights where I wasn't going to bed until five or 6 AM. Um, Like when we beat Clemson the first night, I think I went to bed at 6 a.m. So um, we had the video to post at like eight o'clock the next morning, which is what we needed. But it's just a lot of a lot of work and a lot of long hours that I don't think people really realize how long it takes to do all that. So I would say that's probably the hardest part is just the time commitment that it takes to to do creative video.
0: It's it's tough, man it's really, really hard. It's grueling. It really uh, is. you know, making something as simple as making a two minute video could take hours. Yeah. I mean, just hours and hours and hours and it's, sure. people don't always realize that. Uh, and dude, don't, don't even get me started on labeling media and yep. I mean that in and of itself, it yeah. could take up to hour, hour and a half, yeah. maybe, maybe more.
3: On a typical game for basketball, I would say it takes about an hour and a half to two hours to label everything. And I probably shoot around 200 to 250 clips, you know, which is including pregame till postgame. So the whole nine yards, but yeah, it definitely takes a long time, especially if you are labeling and you want to label it correctly so that when you go back to find it later, you know, you'll have exactly what happened and um, you know, you could, you could quick label stuff easily, but you know, I like to have my stuff more, um, organized, I guess you say. So I label the, the number the players full first and last name, and then short description of the play. So it, it definitely takes a
0: while. Last, uh, last rapid fire question before we get into Sharky shout outs, man, favorite Blacksburg bar.
3: So this is a funny question because I I actually do not drink. So favorite bar, I guess I'll go with Sharky's just because I used to play bingo a lot there. Cool. But um, yeah, more of, I'm, I drink a lot of water. I try to be healthy <laughs> as possible. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, there's always sodas and everything when we're traveling and I usually try to stick with the water. So I'm um, a big water and sweet tea guy. All but, right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Sharky's because I'm I'm a huge fan of the Bingo Night.
0: Rock and roll, love Bingo yep. over there. Sharky's. great food too. Obviously. Yep. Uh, with that being said, that leads us into Sharky shoutouts. Okay. Jordan, want to give you the platform, man, to uh, to shout out whoever you want to. Uh, this is your time. How can we find you on social media? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, whatever you got. Um, you know, this is your your time, man.
3: Yeah, I mean at jordanlong underscore four um that's my twitter instagram i think that's it um really all all of my platforms are at Jordan Long underscore four if anybody wants to find me there and then you know facebook just my name i don't really use facebook a whole lot but i'm more of a twitter guy so uh i like to think i post interesting stuff there or you know if you're a virginia tech fan then I usually tweet just about everything that happens in the Virginia tech world of sports. So um, if you're interested in that, then maybe I'm a good follow. Who knows?
0: I would, I would stamp that. I, I think you're a, you're a solid follow, man. Cause you, you get it direct from the source, you know, you don't even have to go yeah. digging for it on, on like any individual pages or anything like that. But uh, if you got nothing else, Jordan, we appreciate you, man. I feel like this is long overdue. We're obviously huge fans of what it is. That, uh, that you do. And, and we love that the, you know, Virginia Tech creative media department only continues to get better and better and better every single year. Uh, so we're very, very excited to see what you guys not only have cooking this summer, but as we uh, go into the fall and the first year of the, the Brent Pry era. And uh, as we continue in the Mike Young era, man, so we're, we're fired up. We appreciate you coming on.
3: Yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys having me. And it's a great day to be a Hokie.
0: Always a great day to be a hokey. <laughs> we'll end on that note right there. Thanks, Jordan.
3: Appreciate it.
2: Wander tripping in the sand. We smoke our windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all she said is, Oh, I know what you're thinking.